Well, I just wanted to bring this up in the news. I know it came up yesterday, but more than a half a century since the original jumbo jet ushered in uh, the glamorous jet age, in many cases bringing affordable air travel to millions and millions of people, the last uh, ever Boeing 747 was delivered delivered on Tuesday. Uh, it was uh, put together at, of course, Boeing's plant in Everett, Washington. Uh, there was, of course, a dramatic opening of the doors and the uh, plane um, came out. It's already been sold. It's going to a company called Atlas Air. Um, and But it is the last 747 uh, that Boeing uh, has uh, made. Uh, I just think back to when I was a kid. I remember my first uh, flight, and I think it was on the way to London. Uh, it was a big trip for me, of course, coming out of a small town and getting into a 747. Uh, but uh, it was a big deal. We were just checking the archives, and we've got this great footage, or sorry, footage and audio of um, the 747. There was a promotional video produced at that time. We have the audio for it. Take a listen to uh, when the 747 came out and what a big deal it was. 50 years of Boeing experience has gone into making this the safest and most advanced airplane in the world. What was that? Most advanced? You mean because of its size? Oh, well, that's only one reason. Now look at these four Pratt & Whitney engines. These are the most advanced jet engines ever built. And they produce uh, virtually none of the usual engine smoke. That's good. No air pollution. And no noise pollution either. They're 50% quieter than the older jets. That'll be good news for people living near the airport. And these four jet engines mean that the 747 has more power to spare. As a matter of fact, you could fly very well on just two engines. See these wheels? 18. That means the 747 gets the smoothest landing of any jet. I love listening to that uh, old audio. Uh, it does speak to the, the, the impact the 747 has had. Joining me now is Richard Abulafia. He's the Managing Director at Aerodynamic Advisory. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, good to be on. Uh, your thoughts, the impact of the 747, how profound was it? Pretty tremendous because it brought a lot of range to the table. You know, people focus on the size, which is understandable because that was unprecedented. But its range was really the winner. And uh, you also had basically the first of a series of very high bypass engines that used a lot less fuel than the predecessors. So it was quite the path-breaking uh, bit of technology. What does this mean uh, for a company like Boeing? When I think uh, of America, I think of you know, these jets, I think of Boeing, of course, but there's more competition in the world. You think of Airbus out of Europe, uh, uh, Embraer out of, um, out of South America. Uh, you think of China wanting to have a greater impact in regards to a- aviation as well. What does this mean for Boeing? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're in a duopoly now. I mean, Embraer is at the bottom end of the market. They mm-hmm. do a great job for small jets. Uh, but at the top, with the big stuff, bigger than 110 seats or so, it's really come down to Airbus and Boeing. And it's, it's kind of worth quickly contrasting that with the days of the 747 when you had Douglas and Lockheed playing in this space. So it's become just more of a one-on-one situation with Boeing and Airbus. Uh, in regards to the industry itself, uh, the airline industry, uh, how would you describe Boeing? Is it, is it healthy? Well, it's pretty borderline. They've got a lot of debt. Net debt is in the $44 billion zone. Um, meanwhile, they're kind of being outflanked in the smaller part of the market, or I should say the midsize, around 200 seats. Airbus has a killer product called the A321neo. It's selling incredibly well. And Boeing needs to come up with 
basically a competitor to that. Every other part of the product line, Boeing's in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, other other nations wanting to get into this space. You said a duopoly, basically Boeing and Airbus, or you know, you look at nations like uh, China specifically wanting to get into this space. Are they still years away? Well, in, in a lot of ways, they're kind of moving backwards in time. The intent is certainly there. But what they did was basically create these aircraft that were heavily dependent upon Western technologies. So basically, they've got this sort of superficial Chineseness, uh, but really all the brains and the muscle are Western. As a matter of fact, there was a, a turboprop, the MA700, offered by the, uh, the Comac uh, Company of China, which basically Canada and the U.S. decided, okay, you're not going to get those engines. And effectively, that killed the plane. Wow. What role, and as a Canadian, I know Bombardier, to certain degrees, had some better days. How would you describe Bombardier within the aviation sector today? Well, they kind of reached a bit far with the C-Series that is now an Airbus A220. Basically, Airbus took it off their hands. Um, they took on a lot of debt. Uh, they kind of stumbled inevitably, even though they created a great aircraft and it's still built in Montreal. But uh, it's now an Airbus product. Bombardier has successfully retreated to be one of the world's um, foremost business aircraft companies. But it's not scheduled air transport. It's just private aviation. Mm-hmm. Well, Richard, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it, it is uh, a fascinating industry, and uh, the Boeing 747s played a significant role in it. Thanks for your time today. That's my pleasure. Thank you. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God! The ship is sinking. I can't get out.